0: that there's two fillings going on two different types of cups coming from two different sources we're going to be filled from the presence of God from the goodness of his mercy or we're going to drink from the cup of this woman in Revelation 17 I don't want none of her stuff do you no Let's turn tonight, if you would, Revelation chapter 17, verse 10. Certainly sorry everybody couldn't be here tonight. Hopefully this is the live service that we have to do this or we have to break it up alphabetically. Revelation 17, 10. John, like you and I, Didn't have a clue what all these symbols meant without divine instruction. God could let him see them in the fourth dimension, but he still didn't know what they were. But he's getting the interpretation here, and listen to this. There are seven kings, five are fallen, and one is, and the other one is not yet come. And when he cometh, he must continue a short space. And the beast that was and is not, even he is of the eighth and is of the seven and goeth into perdition. And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings which have no kingdom as yet but receive power as kings. So they're not actually kings, they're dictators. But they receive power as kings, which which, which is what a dictator, of course, is. But receive power as kings one hour with the beast. Now, this is not a 60-minute hour, but it's a prophetic hour same as the prophetic days in the scripture and prophetic months. These have one mind and they shall give their power and strength unto the beast. Now let's read this again. These have one mind and give their power and strength unto the beast. Well, if these can have one mind, to be able to give their power, their strengths, their kingdoms, everything that they are to the beast. Can't we give everything we are to the Lord Jesus? Yes. What hinders us? Ourselves, the devil, past, memories, failures, all types of things like that. I many love to be remembered tonight as we pray. <clears throat> Let's just bow our heads together. Heavenly Father, we Certainly love you tonight. We're thankful that we are living in the culmination of all things. Lord Jesus, these words have been written for 2,000 years. They have been read. We believe written by the Spirit of God given to a prophet on the Isle of Patmos. They have been misunderstood. They've been misinterpreted. They've been thought to be nothing but just a man who had hallucinations or something that was so far-fetched that they couldn't even be trusted. But we believe tonight they are your words. And we believe, Father, that they have a significance and they have an answer. And they have, even though they have symbols and parabolic forms that they're spoken in, yet for those who have understanding, we believe this is the hour for them to be made clear. Open our hearts tonight, Lord, to your word. Help us to see the hour that we're living. May we be pulled under the influence of the divine supernatural power of God. Speak to us tonight, would you, Lord? In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you. May we may, may see Brother Joe, God bless y'all. Good to see you tonight. We know there's two great powers that are influencing the world. Everybody's getting under the influence of one or the other. It's amazing how diverse these two powers are, even how the people who are under those two powers. Several years ago, I got to looking on YouTube and I wanted to find out how many different churches, preachers, teachers, and so on, were speaking about papal Rome and about Catholicism. I wanted to find out if we were the only ones that were actually identifying her as this power in Revelation 17 and Revelation 13. And <clears throat> what I found was that there was actually quite a few Protestant preachers that were preaching that this was the Catholic Church, that it was the papal power that changed from the early days, and it went from the Roman Empire, pagan, to papal. But what I found amazing was, out of so many of these ministers that were preaching that the Catholic Church was actually Revelation 17, and most of the ones I found were of some sort of denomination, and they were blasting Catholicism they were just hammering it to no end. And yet all of them were their daughters. Now they were blasting and one particular one and he was a Southern Baptist and I'm telling you what, he was an old country feller, and he was letting them have it. But before he finished his little sermon, he wanted to let everybody know that he himself did agree with the Catholic church in this one point And that was the form of baptism. And of course, titles. So I saw here he has risked himself and his church of being identified against this horror move, which is quite a risky thing. And then before he closed out, he identified him and his church spiritually being baptized into that same move that he said he was against. Now, what I find amazing is that there are many, many people, Protestants, of course, and they're getting, they're getting fewer and fewer all the time, but many of them still today will re, re, rebuff against the Catholic dogma and of them being the mother and all of that sort of thing, but they still don't understand who the daughters are. And that this is a mother, but who is she the mother of? Now, it's sad to say that some of the Protestants actually believe that this was speaking of pagan Rome, but they do not believe that it carried over to Papal Rome, so they think that it somehow has some type of significance way on down here in the future. But can't you see why that we needed a prophet that would come to be able to set us straight in the end time? Now, even though John wrote about it so many years ago, we really don't even know what John was enlightened to as far as what was prophetic In the end time or what was going up to the dark ages, not even sure yet exactly what John saw about that. But he must not have been able to make it clear in the book of Revelation or there would never have been a need of another prophet. Now let me read this to you, what I read to you last Wednesday. The book of Revelation has more symbols in it than the rest of the books in the Bible. Now, listen to what the prophet said. Therefore, it has to be understood by a prophetic class. How many believe you're one of them tonight? By a prophetic class, this book is not meant for everybody. But I'm glad I can say I'm one of them. Now, I realize it's not even for everybody that says there is the message. Because a lot of folks in the message see absolutely no need, no significance, they have no desire to go into the deeper things of God. All they want the preacher to preach is just how to get saved and just a little bit on sanctification, maybe a little bit on the Holy Ghost and a little bit on miracles and a little bit on this and that. And they really don't want a preacher to go into the deeper things of God. But I believe that according to what we've been taught, that there is a prophetic class of people and they desire to understand more than how to get saved. How many's been saved for at least a week or two in the building here tonight? Well, in other words, you don't need me to take my whole sermon tonight and teach you how to get resaved saved again, right? How many's got sanctified? How many's got the Holy Ghost? How many's been baptized, right? How many believes God sent a prophet? Oh, I see. So in other words, you need to hear more than just the simple basics of ABCs. Is that right? Now, notice he said there's nobody can hardly understand it. The book is made for a certain class of people. Over in Deuteronomy, it says the hidden things belong to the Lord, but the things that are revealed, they belong to us. They are our inheritance, now it says the carnal mind cannot comprehend them great things of scripture because it's foolish to them. But to the ones who are the lovers of the word of God, that's the one who the book is written to. So a lot of people would see no significance in trying to understand Revelation chapter 3, which would be the unveiling of the church age of Revelation chapter 4, the calling of the come up hither group, Revelation chapter 5, chapter 6, 7, right on down to the end. They have no desire. They see no significance. But there's something about it to the special class of people. They see a great significance and going on to the greater things of God. You know, it's like it was written there specially for them. Now, it is truly a a comparative group of people that was as it was in the first church age that sat under the great resounding ministry of St. Paul. Now, no doubt there were people in that day, and they were the carryover of the introductory stage of the apostolic message. Now, the apostolic message was water baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus, signs, wonders, miracles remember Peter writing about Paul and Peter said that our beloved brother Paul has many things and writes many things that's hard to be understood now, can you imagine the Apostle Peter, he would get the book of Romans, and he'd read the book of Romans, and he'd just scratch his head on some of it. He would read the book of Ephesians, and the book of Philippians, and the book of 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, and Philippians, and Philemon, and on and on and on, and Peter would say, wow, where in the world does he get all that? But what he found out was that he himself had one stage of the ministry, and Paul had another stage. Now, what he recognized was he didn't rebuke Paul because Paul spoke of greater things than what Peter himself understood, but he identified what Paul had to say was the Scripture. Wow. But what you find is that men inside of our message today, many of them want to blast men that have a greater understanding than themselves, and they want to ridicule them and say, well, there's no need of it. And then some of those who have a deeper understanding, they want to blast those that their ministry is to emphasize the supernatural. I personally think we need all of them myself. I think we need men that'll come and preach faith, don't you? I think we need men that'll stir us up on the things of God. I also think we need men that'll positionally place us so myself, I don't have time to fight on the pettiness of going back and forth. I want to identify that God sends all sorts of ministers into his word, and when we get to a place we think we need only one of them, we need to go back to the altar ourselves. We need everyone that God sends our way. And there's not any one particular one that has everything the bride needs. Well, hallelujah. That's why God has a five-fold aspect of the ministry, and I'll thank God for it myself. But I'm so glad that God, now you notice about John, that when John, even though he was a prophet, he was not a prophet of the age. He was a prophet that God had secured and isolated into his presence, and he was very similar to the anointing that God had placed upon Daniel many, many years before. But yet John was not the type of prophet that Paul was, insomuch that he would take and write about the things going on about the church. Now John did that, but what the understanding that God gave to Paul, what would we have in the New Testament if we would take the pauline epistles out of the new testament what how would we know how to be able to conduct ourselves with gifts james never wrote about them peter never wrote about the gifts john never even wrote about them who was that given to the apostle paul which was the setter forth, which was the prophet of the age and here was john he was also a prophet but he was not a church age messenger so, God can call the prophets and isolate them to their own ministry and give them what He wants them to have. Now, which is particular of what God did to, to the prophet John? Now, notice this in Revelation 17:10. There are seven kings, five are fallen, and one is, and the other is not yet come. And when he cometh, he must continue a short space. Now, if we compare these seven heads to seven particular kings, five of them already were. I made a list of them. One was Julius Caesar, the second Tiberius, the third Caligula, and the fourth Claudius, and the fifth Nero. And then the one that is was Domitian. And the one that, yes, to come is going to be even greater. But he also says that there was an eighth. Now the eighth will be the one that'll end it all. Now it's amazing how that God chooses these words to hide these things. And notice he says, and the beast that was and is not, even he, is of the eighths the beast that was and is not, even he is of the age. Now remember by the time John writes this, Papal Rome has already begun to move. There's already a move that's going on. This is 96 AD. Now they've not yet set it up because Constantine won't arrive till around the year 310, something like that. Then 325 AD, they will begin to set it up as a full move. But remember the prophet said that the Catholic church was actually born on the day of Pentecost. Now I know that staggers a lot of people, but because it was a twin to the real church that got the Holy Ghost. Now you say, how in the world could that be? Well, there was no popes, there was no bishops, there was no cardinals. But if you remember, the Bible says them 120 got the Holy Ghost, and then they went out and they began to preach, and then the scripture says that they were added to the church. It don't say nothing about them getting the Holy Ghost. It just says they were added. So the original ones got the Holy Ghost and then there were others and they come and join their to the church but they didn't get the same thing the original church got. It was some of them then that began to split away from the original church, and remember that's what the prophet said, that they were Nicolaitans, and they began to cry and speak against that group that spoke in tongues and had a supernatural move, is that right? They didn't want a move of God, they didn't want the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and they wanted just to dry hide something, you know, we all go to church and they had a form and a ritual, well that was actually the forerunning of the Catholic Church, some three hundred years or two hundred years after that what were they they were people that were intellectual believers so they wanted to accept the gospel on an intellectual perception and figure it all out in their minds you'll never figure out God I don't care how smart you are So what this was, now the power began to write, as John began to write about and he said, children, you've heard in the last days that the Antichrist will come. Now he says, he's already here. Well, what was it? He went out riding that white horse. Now, remember when John saw that white horse and the symbol, Brother Branham looked at it and preached it for years. He actually read the scripture from the book of Revelation, and whenever he would preach it through 57, 58, 59, 60, 61, even up to 62, and every time he would preach the mighty conqueror or the great conqueror, called it a couple of things, every time he would preach that, and he based it on that scripture in Revelation 6. And whenever he would, he would use that scripture and he would call that white horse rider the mighty conqueror, the Lord Jesus, or the Holy Spirit. And you imagine how shocked he must have been whenever he got ready to preach that first seal. And the Spirit of God, he went back to them former notes that he was, what was he going to do? He was going to re-preach it the way he preached it before, but it was time for the seals to come open and it wouldn't work now. So what was he going to do? He was going to preach it the same way he had preached it before and call that white horse rider the Lord Jesus. Now you imagine that Antichrist's power had hid on that symbol of white and Brother Branham looked at it for all of those years and he called it the mighty conqueror, the Lord Jesus. Oh my, I'm so glad that we're following a man that was big enough to admit he's wrong. I'll tell you, the one good sign that I know a man that's claiming to be a preacher is a real one, not because he can preach up a storm, not because he can shout, speak in tongues, but when he does wrong or says wrong, he can admit that he was wrong. That's what lets me know he's a real preacher. Because you see, goat preachers can't do that. They've got to blame everybody else for their faults. That's one of the reasons why I can follow this man, because he's able to stand there and say it publicly, even on tape, knowing that hundreds and thousands of people will hear him say it. I was going to make a horrible mistake today. Now, I know some of the message people can't say amen to that. You know why? They don't believe the message right. They've idolized Brother Branham, made an idol out of him, made him infallible, and there's only one that's infallible, and that's the Lord God Almighty. And the church said, that's right. But notice, whenever he sees him now, when the seal comes open, and he looks at that white horse rider, and he realizes, Brother Larry, this is not the Lord Jesus, this is the devil. How astounding that it must have been to him when he realized what he had been calling Jesus Christ for all of those years was actually the devil himself. And he hid behind those religious spiritual symbols in such a way that a prophet looked right at him. Can you imagine? He looked right at him and preached it for years and years that it was the Lord Jesus. But once the Lord opened his eyes and he saw the veil, don't you understand the seals is not only the revealing of Christ, it is the revealing of the antichrist. And this is why Satan hates it in the end time. Satan loved it. Satan was able to hide behind that symbol. You imagine every time Brother Random got up, no matter where, was in Santa Ana, Santa Barbara, wherever he was at in all different parts of the country, when he would stand up and preach that text and the devil would laugh And the devil would think this is wonderful. I am so hid. Even a prophet can't see me. The theologians can't see me. The teachers can't see me. Nobody hears Malachi 4 and he's on the earth. Even he can't see who I am. But I imagine he must have got really, really nervous that day. There in March in 1963. When that first angel come the first day. And that angel of the first seal. Now remember, those seven seals was nothing but the manifestation of the message of those seven church age messengers. So each angel come each day and revealed to the prophet what the mystery of that seal was about. You remember he did say that, right? So here come that first church angel and revealed to him. And whenever he did, and he reread that book and he looked out to it and he saw, well, that ain't that ain't that ain't the Lord Jesus. That's not the conquering power of the Holy Ghost, that's Satan. But he's under a church symbol. He's under a symbol, even a symbol of white, which is righteous and purity. And he's riding on a white horse, which is a symbol of a power. And then he noticed something that he hadn't never noticed before. He noticed that he had a bow, but he didn't have no arrows. Well, praise the Lord. Isn't that amazing? All those years he had preached that scripture, Harry, and he had never noticed it till then that he had a bow and didn't have no arrows. You know what that shows to me? That God is the only one that can open his word even to a prophet. So you imagine a prophet reading that for decades of his life and preached it and yet could not see it until the time arrived. I'll tell you one thing, that gives me hope for me and you don't don't you love it when God opens up something to you and you just think Lord I've been reading that my whole life Lord am I even saved yep sounds like to me you're a follower of the message of Malachi 4 because the prophet preached that very same thing over and over and over again but until the time was right he couldn't see it oh I'll tell you one thing that's the way I look at our healing our miracles our deliverance our rapture our body change whatever it is that we need we don't control that. Your pastor don't control it. Your mama don't control it. There's only one that can open up our understanding and when he gets ready to move, there ain't enough devils in hell that can stop him from doing it. Brother sister, don't you see what the rapture will be? The rapture will be the consummation of revelation after revelation after revelation that God has given to you in your journey. The rapture is only the ending up of what's started when you got the baptism of the Holy Ghost and you walked as Enoch did one revelation after another, after another, and the rapture will be your capstone. It will be your body change. Oh, you said the devil will stop me from getting it. No, he won't. He couldn't stop you from getting born again. He can't stop you from seeing the word of the hour. He cannot stop you from getting the capstone revelation in your life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Notice John as he listens to this in verse 11. And the beast that was and is not, even he is the eight and is of the seventh. You say, that sounds like a bunch of riddles to me. Well, it's supposed to sound that way. So that some will say, ha. But they'll spend all kinds of time looking at a recipe book. They'll spend all kinds of time on Facebook. Well, hallelujah. Why? Because they want to understand it. And they pick up this and say, well, the, the beast that was and is not is of the eighth, and he's of the seventh. Well, make up your mind, God. Is he of the seventh or is he of the eighth? He's of both and he goeth into perdition. Now remember, this was in its infancy in John's time. John would never see it. Now he saw, of course, the spirit of Antichrist as it was going out, and he would see one go to another, to another. So John by now had already seen Nero pass off the scene, and he was now under the administration of Domitian. And yet not knowing exactly till the spirit told him what it was, Now, the head of the beast that was going to be healed from pagan to papal would have a revival. It would be a revival of a power. It would go from successive stages, one that was and is not, is and is not. And the prophet said one pope lives and dies, another one comes and it dies. So he is of the seven and he belongs to them as a continuation of the same power. Now you realize church that as the people of the living God, We are privileged in the sense to live in the hour when this prophecy of the word is right on the door of breaking forth. Now we know that much of this will not happen unto the tribulation period but remember Satan is getting the mechanics of his body ready as the lamb is getting the mechanics of his body ready as well. So what are we waiting for? The dynamics a refilling of the Holy Ghost which we have worked in part while the headstone has been descending and the Mechanics must be in such harmony and in such alignment with God's word that when the dynamic strikes it, they'll take the power of God to bring the bride off the earth and Satan is doing the same thing. I'm sure you've heard it already. Just this week, two of our Air Force jets right off the coast of Alaska have intercepted two Russian bombers. You heard that? Two Russian bombers capable of carrying nuclear bombs. And what did they do? Escorted them back over to their side of the line up there. They're getting ready, friends. They're getting, oh, Brother Donnie, should we get a a, a bomb shelter somewhere? Yes, I would advise you to. I would advise you to get the best one that there is. Well, Brother Donnie, who would you recommend? Well, what kind of material? Would you recommend concrete? Would you recommend titanium? I would personally recommend feathers because the best way that I can read about it in the Word of God for the last days, our bomb shelter is not concrete, it's not titanium, it's not gold and silver, but it's under the wings of our Father. Amen, because God has sent a prophet in the last days, a great big eagle to call the gathering together, and I'm not trying to run to Jeffersonville, I'm not trying to run to Johnson City, I'm running under the wings of my Lord and my King. Hallelujah, there is where I will find my protection. And the church said. Now notice this this whole entire move will go into perdition. And much of what we're talking about tonight is gonna wind up over in the tribulation period. Notice in verse 12, and the 10 horns which thou sawest are 10 kings, which have received no kingdom as yet, but receive power as kings one hour with the beast. Now, watch a prophet interpret this and why we're not a denomination. Ten kings which have no kingdom as yet, but receive power as kings. They're not crowned kings, they're dictators. They never was crowned. They received power as kings. That's just in a little shadow time right now where dictators are rising up. Don't you ever think democracy will take over the whole world? It will not. And don't you think Russia's gonna take over the whole world? It will not. As a matter of fact, the prophet said, Russia ain't gonna win no wars. So you're scared to death that Russia's gonna take over the world? Forget it. It ain't Russia, it's Rome. Come on. Well, praise the Lord. Notice this. These have one mind and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. So they are united in promoting this Antichrist move in the last day. Now watch what they will do. They will actually give everything they are, and they will, even though they're individuals, yet they will jointly come together and get behind this great move. Can't you see why our nation has to come to the spot of bankruptcy? Can't you see why the nations of the world have got to come to a spot? They've got to have a Superman. Those of you that have read the history of Germany, you know the 1931, that there was actually a coup that had raised up in Germany. Unemployment rate was through the roof. Uh, Groceries were terribly high. Everything was in such a bad state. And there was a particular German ruler that tried to raise up and start a coup and be able to take over the, the government of Germany. But there was another guy that assumed the position of the fallout. And he was the one that they wound up throwing in jail. He was the one that they blamed for. That man's name was Adolf Hitler. Now, after this failure of that, what did he do? He began to politicize. He began to talk. He began to say things, and the, German, the people of Germany needed a deliver. Their interest rates were through the roof. Their inflation was through the roof. Wow, sounds like America. Their food prices were through the roof. Everything was through the roof except for the wages and it went to the basement. So you know what they needed? They needed a Messiah. And it just so happened that the devil had one on the scene. And here stood up a Messiah. You know what Adolf Hitler was? He was an, an inexperienced painter. This man was not a great educator. This man was not a great intellectual that could do this. I'll tell you what this man had. He submitted himself to demonic power and yet when he would come out and he would stand there for 30 seconds 45 seconds sometimes a minute and a half and never open his mouth one word and the anticipation of the people would build with such excitement that they were ecstatic before the man ever said one word if a man can get a nation under such demonic power what about the church of the living God getting under the power of the Holy Ghost there's a spirit in the last days spirit of destruction and the spirit of annihilation. But there's another spirit going on. It is the spirit of deliverance. It is the spirit of salvation. It is the spirit of healing. It is the spirit of miracles. Oh, I need a miracle tonight. Well, that spirit is on the earth, anointing a people. Hallelujah. If we can take God at his word and believe him over the top of circumstances, nothing will hinder our faith. So what will these do? They will give their power for the ultimate end with the beast. I want you to notice how deceived they will become. Verse 14 these shall make war with the Lamb. You gotta be kidding me. They are so far gone. The Lord Jesus will ascend out of heaven. Thousands, times, thousands, times, thousands of saints will come out of heaven with him and these people are so deceived they will attack the Lord Jesus. There you are in glorified bodies and they are so decrepit, they are so far gone, so insane, they will attack Jesus Christ. Well, really they're doing it now and he's word for them, so why shouldn't they do it and he's glorified for them. Well, don't sit there and look at me funny. You used to do the same thing For God got a hold to you. We were rebels. We were rebels against God. Do you understand what a miracle you are tonight? You're looking for a miracle in your life. If you're born again, that's one of the greatest miracles you'll ever see. Divine healing, oh yes, we love it. But don't forget, you are a walking, talking miracle every day of your life because you was a rebel against God. It was your nature to stand against him. It was your nature to rebel against his word. And now you love him more than you love life. You love his people. You love your enemy. Boy, you are crazy, ain't you? You love your enemy. You pray for them that despitefully use you. Why? Because at one time you was at war with God but the Lord Jesus became your peace and now you are not at war with God. You are at peace with God and at war with the devil. Hallelujah. I want to let you know tonight we are at war with Satan and his kingdom. My goodness. These shall make war with the lamb and the lamb shall overcome them for he is Lord of lords and king of kings. And John wanted him to know and us to know who was with him, they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. He didn't mention lazy, sorry and no good. He didn't mention anti-word, anti-Christ, anti-God, but they are called, they are chosen, and they are faithful. Brother, sister, you want three attributes to attain to? I just identified identified elected saints right there. Called, chosen, and faithful to the call. Amen. Now the lamb shall overcome them. Why? It's because who he is. And they that are with him are called, chosen, and faithful. I love the way Brother Ben deals with this and he quotes this scripture. I wish I could preach a sermon right now on that, he says. The chosen before the foundation of the world, abiding faithful in their calling, hallelujah, that's it. They are called the chosen and the faithful and there's a conjunction, the chosen and the faithful and they shall overcome him no matter how great they get. Oh yeah, Satan's gonna gather all all of his Catholics and his Protestants together. He's going to gather his atheists. He's going to gather all of them together. Oh, Brother Donnie, will they outnumber us? Well, they may outnumber us in number, but they won't outnumber us in power and in status quo because we are identified as the children of light, and we have come down from heaven with our master. He has gathered them from Babylon, from Iran, from Iraq, from China, from Russia, but God gathers his from heaven. Notice this in the fourth seal. Christ is gathering his heaven-born subjects, saints. He's got deaths wrote on him, Satan. Oh, my. Christ has got life wrote on him. Those who are with him are on white horses, too. That's called the chosen before the foundation of the world, and they're faithful. Whew, he says, I like that one. Called, chosen before the foundation of the world, and faithful to the word, by their choosing, faithful to the word by their choosing, all stimulated with new wine and all just riding along, coming down to meet him. So here they come, all stimulated with all and wine, and what are we doing? We're just around for the ride. I want you to notice, we're not coming with swords, we're not coming with shears, shields and spears and all that, we're along for the ride. Why, because we are his victory. Oh, do you understand? Whenever we come out of heaven in glorified bodies, we don't have to pick up one sword. We don't have to pick up David's slingshot. All we got to do is be with him, and we are a testimony that Calvary was a success. Amen. Amen. But he wants us to come along just to be identified. He said, like, Come on, Sheldon, let me show you how I fight devils. Let me show you how I'm going to fight Armageddon. Mm hmm. Now watch, Daniel saw the same thing on a different, different form of the vision. Daniel two forty two, And as the toes of the feet were part iron and part clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. And whereas thou sawest iron mixed with miry clay, They shall mingle themselves with the seed of men. Notice not the seed of God. But they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. So here at this stage of where Daniel sees the vision, and he sees some clay, and he sees some iron, and it's mixed together, and it makes the feet and the toes part of the legs, and then he sees a stone that was coming down from this great place. And the stone comes and hits this statue, this image in the feet and the legs. And when it hits it, it just demolishes it. Now notice in verse 44, and in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom, which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms and it shall stand forever. Now remember this is the fourth stage of Daniel's vision the same way as this was the fourth stage of John's vision. <clears throat> Forasmuch as thou sawest the stone was cut out of the mountain now here Daniel in the vision, and remember the fourth dimension is where prophets see their vision. So in the vision he looks there and he sees a stone and it was cut out of a mountain. And he said it was cut out of the mountain without hands. And it break in pieces the iron, the brass, the clay, the silver, the gold. Now here are the entire image, what is it? It's the speaking of the Gentile kingdoms beginning with Babylon. So it comes from the Babylonians to the Persians and it comes right on down to the very bottom which is Catholicism. Think of it, friends, if it wasn't for the grace of God, we'd be tied up in that thing just like all these other people. You know how it is. Some people have an an inclination toward religion. Other people don't. Now, I hope you understand it this way. Those of us that go to church and seek after truth and life, if it were not for the grace of God, because there's something about us that seeks a supernatural superior power, they, we are the type of people, you, you are the type of people, you would go to church somewhere you would be in some type of church, some type of religious move, if it was no more than a Bible study with a Bob Hair Jezebel sitting there teaching the Bible, you'd be there you'd be saying, Glory, hallelujah, because there's something about your inclination. You're not, you're not infidel. You understand? You know those people out there that's just their inclination. That's the way they are. You're not that way. I I hope that you never forget how blessed you are to have a desire to crave after righteousness. If it was not for that you could be sitting in some denominational church tonight. Amen. And some doctor of theology saying this and that and the other. But by the grace of God instead of belonging to the Mary Clay kingdom and the iron all mixed together guess what you're a part of? You're a part of that rock that was hewed out of the mountain. Amen. Amen. You're a part of that rock, and of that kingdom, there shall be no end. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Notice, God has made known to the king what shall come to pass hereafter. Now, remember, this is Daniel interpreting King Nebuchadnezzar's dream. And the dream is certain, and the interpretation thereof sure. Now watch as it moves into another stage of this in Daniel chapter 7, verse 23. Thus he said, the fourth beast shall be in the, the fourth kingdom upon the earth. Now remember, these things do not come successively, but there could be many, many hundreds of years between each kingdom. I mean, no, from the Babylonian kingdom, of course, comes Darius, the Medes, the Persians, and so on. But when it comes to the dividing of the time in the last days, There's been many, many years. And because of that, people think, well, there won't be another world power. There will be. It's in the making right now. I don't want to scare you tonight, but I personally believe Moses and Elijah are on the earth already. The beast is here tonight. And if it ain't the Pope that's in there now, the one who will be there is already here. Already born and been around for a long time. Yeah. Moses and Elijah are here. Yeah. Amen. You say, Brother Donnie, I want to work and you say that. Well, they asked Brother Brown the question Do you think that it'll be the literal men? He said, No, I think that it'll be two men anointed with that spirit. So Moses and Elijah, they may be, they, who knows where they are, they may live in the Bronx. They may be right there in Fifth Avenue Avenue or Madison Avenue one. They may be diamond brokers. They may be this and that and the other. Maybe they've not even come to their spot yet, but no doubt they are here. Don't you understand how fast the rapture can come? You're waiting for all these things to happen and they're happening around us in the background and all the mechanics on both sides are getting together. Lord, children, this is why the Spirit of God is telling us, get ready. Lay things aside that's hindering you. Get your lives cleaned up. Get your attitude cleaned up. Let's get ready to meet the Lord Jesus. It could come so fast you won't even have time to make things right. So these two men are walking on the earth. And when the bride goes, all this simply is is them moving under their anointing. This man that's gonna be anointed with the spirit of Moses He'll get up one day and brush his teeth. He may not even know Elijah yet. They may live on different sides of the earth. One of them may live in Belgium. The other may live in Antwerp. They may live here, there, there. And they may not even know one another. But the Spirit of God will drive them together. And they'll start preaching the Word of God. The Gentile gospel, the same one we've been born again by. And what will already have happened, the bride will already left, and the mercy seat will be closed and the sanctuary becomes smoky. And remember, it was Ruth that brought back to the house of Naomi the, the grain that had been kept in her veil and she shares with her. That's how the mercy seat can be vacated. That's how the sanctuary can become smoky. It's because Ruth allocates that dispensation of mercy to the 144,000. There won't be one more Gentile saved. Oh, they'll make altar calls and they'll be screaming and crying and not a one of them getting saved. Oh, Lord. Dear God. The fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon the earth which shall be diverse from all kingdoms and shall devour the whole earth. Johnson City, Blountville, Kingsport, Bristol it would have devoured you and me if it wasn't for the grace of God. And shall tread it down and break it in pieces. And the 10 horns, now remember the same thing that John saw. And the 10 horns out of this kingdom are 10 kings that shall rise and another rise after them. And he shall be diverse from the first and he shall subdue three kings. He shall speak great words against the Most High. Now listen, what he's going to do, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High. How I many feels wore out sometimes as a child of God? Don't you understand what you're dealing with? Pre-tribulation anointing. He did not say he would take them away from God. He did not say he would get them to deny God, but he said he would wear them out. But I'm so glad when my joy, my peace, my determination, my desire, seems like it might be to its end. There's a great fountain of peace, desire, and determination. Aren't you glad for that? I wonder how many of you would already give up a long time ago but God's determination is greater than yours and it's greater than mine. Oh, my. Wear out the time. The saints of the Most High think to change the times and the laws, and they shall be given into His hand until a time and times and dividing of time. Time, one year. Times, two more, divining a time, a half, three and a half years. Yeah. But the judgment shall sit and they shall take away his dominion to consume and to destroy it unto the end. And the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given, here we go, to the people of the saints of the most high, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and all dominions shall serve and obey him. And the saint said, amen. Daniel eight twenty three, And in the latter time of their kingdom when the transgressors are come to the full, a king, a fierce countenance and understanding dark sentences shall stand up and his power shall be mighty but not by his own power. Uh Uh-oh. So here we have a prophecy of one that will stand in the last days and seem to understand such dark mysteries, such things that most people cannot understand. And people will wonder after him. And they'll sing, Who is this? But notice Daniel tells us, And his power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. And he shall destroy wonderfully, wonderfully, and shall prosper and practice, and shall destroy the mighty and the holy people. Now, these are the Jews. 144,000, and through his policy, uh-oh, he's a politician. Well, you better watch politicians. Now, this one right here, brother, he, you talking about a politician. I mean, ain't no Democrat, there ain't no Republican, there ain't no left, no right, or nobody else that'll ever be able to compete with this guy right here. Because Satan himself will be embodied in his flesh. Oh, Lord. I'm so glad I'm going to be eating a supper. Praise God. And through his policy, also he shall cause craft manufacturing to prosper in his hand. Wow. So apparently, manufacturing will be at a low place, a low. Inflation high, interest high. But this man will come in and he'll have the answer to the world's problems. And it just so happens his wife has a lot of the money. So they will make quite a team. You say his wife? Yeah, his wife. She's riding on a scarlet colored beast. Mm -hmm. Oh my, he will cause craft to prosper in his hand and he shall magnify himself in his heart. Can't you see why God hates this? When preachers, singers, musicians, saints, when they begin to magnify themselves in their heart and they look at themselves and think there's something even when they attribute to themselves and actually think of themselves higher than they are. It takes a real revelation of God to be able to let God use you and always stay little in your own eyes. And never go to looking at yourself that you're bigger than what God made you to be because you see, once we start seeing that, we have become anointed with the devil. Because that's the way he saw himself. God made him Lucifer. God made him light bringer, day star. God made him as a great contemporary with Michael. But he looked within himself, thou hast saidest in thine heart, I will be like the Most High. Yea, I will be like God. And he began to look at himself in a higher sphere than what God made him. So he looked at himself and said, I'm, I'm, I'm bigger than this. I'm greater than this. I can do more than this. Oh, how many people have we seen be absolutely destroyed because they do such a thing. And they begin to look at themselves as being some great something. Oh my, keep us little, Lord. Keep us little, we're in our own eyes. Notice what he will do. Now he will look at his policy And he will somehow be able to do what no other has done. He will be able to work out a scheme and a policy that will allow the Jews to rebuild their temple. Now, the Temple Institute, if you haven't heard of them, you can look at them at templeinstitute.org. They already have the clothes of the high priest. They already have prefabbed walls ready for the temple. It could be set up in a matter of weeks. They have the Ark of the Covenant, the sanctuary gold, and so on, and so on, and so on, to get ready. And they are looking for the Messiah And they believe that when he will come, he will bring world peace. And if it wasn't for the grace of God, we'd be right on that bandwagon tonight. Because he will come and speak great swelling words, and there will be such things that will happen. He will even be able to call fire down out of heaven and have even seemingly miraculous powers. Well, come on now, don't get quiet on me. I believe in miracles, but I'll tell you one thing, that ain't the only way the bride is known. Well, come on, devils in the last days are gonna have lying signs and wonders. Jesus said in Matthew 24, they'll stand before me, and say, Lord, I cast out devils in your name. I've done this and that and the other in your name. And he said, I'll say unto them, depart from me, you work of iniquity. I never even knew you. I want more than miracles, I want life. I want truth. I want deliverance. I want to walk what this word says. I don't just want the talk, I want the walk. Now you imagine whenever he is able to bring the Muslims together, the abomination which maketh desolate, as it stands there, the Muslim and the holy place has been defiled for all of these years. How will he be able to do it? Do you know that the Jews are not even allowed to go to the Temple Mount and pray? They have been attaining a great victory in the last few weeks over a hundred Jews, a hundred Jews, a hundred Jews have been able to walk up on the Temple Mount without being thrown off. They can walk up there, but they cannot pray. You as a Christian can walk up there and pray. Every Muslim around the world can walk up there and pray, but Jews are not allowed to pray. 129 nations of the UN just last week voted that Jerusalem does not belong to the Jews but to the Muslims. I don't care if 987 million vote that it don't belong to them, it belongs to them. The devil may tell us divine healing don't belong to us. We shrug our shoulders and get healed. He may try to say miracles don't belong to us. We say get out of our way, devil. He may tell us you ain't gonna do this and that. It ain't gonna stop us. Australia just two days ago had made a ruling that they themselves said western part of Jerusalem, they no longer identify as the capital of Israel. Don't you see why is it that every nation under the heaven will turn against them? Why is it a little spot about the size of New Jersey that is not the greatest nation in the world, even though they are the 10th world's largest economy? Why is it that nearly every nation on the earth hates them? You might as well just go ahead and preach with me tonight because our America is turning the same way and whenever we turn our back on them God will turn his back on us as a nation well come on somebody preach with me tonight why because God knows those that stand with his people he will bless them our nation must turn their back on Israel Well, come on, children, under President Obama, there were so many things that was done against Israel. I'm gonna go ahead and preach. Under President Biden, it's exactly the same way. Who knows what lays before us? They will eventually turn their back on Israel as the world will turn their back on the bride, but God will not turn his back on the bride, nor on Israel, they are his people. Let Satan vote against it. Let the Muslims say they don't have this and have that and the other. They can dig up artifacts. They can dig up all kinds of things saying David was there. It don't change the Muslims. The UN has made more resolutions against Israel than any other nation on the earth. And what does Israel do? Just keep on going. Do you understand what kind of people these are? They are so determined that if America will not stand with them, they will take on Iran by themselves. They helped design the F-35 stealth fighter. They have already been making secret runs into Iran. They've already and enlarged the capacity of the fuel tanks to be able to figure out a way to get into Iran and to be able to take the bunker busters and all those, those types of bombs to be able to, to, be able to annihilate their nuclear plant. Why? Because they say if they ever get one bomb, can you imagine how crazy the Palestinians are that live right there in the West Bank? They want Iran to get a nuclear bomb and you say, duh. Do you realize they're going to drop it right there? Do you understand how far it is from Bethlehem to Jerusalem? Bethlehem controlled by the Palestinians. they won't be hiding their hair and the bones left behind. It won't be because of the body change. It'll be because of the nuclear war. And they want them to drop a nuclear bomb on Israel. They are next door neighbors. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. But remember, God has got another plan. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, notice, he shall magnify himself in his heart and by peace, listen to this, shall destroy many. Don't you understand when you see a preacher that all he ever preaches is peace, he don't ever cross nobody. Don't never rub nobody wrong. Don't you understand? He's under pre-tribulation anointing. A real man of God will tear the hide off of you and then cry with you when he gets done and love you when he gets done. Why? Because he's loving you when he's doing that. But you see, men under this, what do they cry? Peace and safety. Then sudden destruction comes upon them as travail upon a woman with a child. Oh, my and by peace shall destroy many. He also shall stand up against the prince of princes. You imagine when the Lord Jesus comes, he's going to be standing there in absolute defiance. You said, brother Donnie Willie. Really? Yeah, he's the one who met him in the garden. He's the one who met him on the mountain of temptation. He's the one that carried him in a moment of time and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and showed him all the kingdoms of the world. The prophet said that ever was and ever would be carried him up into the future and showed him all of it in a moment of time and said, I give all this to you. Now they meet again. Praise God. Let's find a place to stop. Revelation 17, 15. And he saith unto me, the waters which thou sawest, where the whore sitteth, are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. Now the angel is giving John the interpretation to the vision. And now he's letting him know that the waters that he saw was the people that this woman's domain reached to. Notice where she is. She's sitting on this beast, and this beast is over the top of all these waters. So here's kindreds, tongues, languages, nations, all over the world. So she is reigning over kings. She has power over the powerful. She has dominion over the dominators. She is a queen and sits as if she has need of nothing. Now it denotes the vastness of her kingdom. Notice in the ten horns which thou sawest upon the beast. Uh Uh-oh. These shall hate the whore. Wow. So these ten horns were a part of this beast's power, but all of a sudden they begin to look at that old gal and they say, I hate you. Could you imagine they, they, they've given everything about themselves to her, and all of a sudden something changes? These shall hate the whore, and they shall make her desolate and naked and shall eat her flesh and burn her with fire. Her principles, her sentiments, her doxology, everything that they join with to support, now they look at her and say, I can't stand you. Your idolatry, your adulteries, I will destroy you. Wow, how in the world does this come about? Well, Revelation 17, 17 gives us the answer. For God has put in their hearts to fulfill his will. Well, if God can put in the heart of a knucklehead horn, a horn that ain't gonna even serve him. A horn that ain't, ain't even gonna be bride, not in the rapture. A horn which is a dictator and then they have went right along with this thing for all this period of time and all of a sudden it just strikes them. You know, here they are, their kingdom is here and there and there and there. All of them get up one morning and they just get up like normal brother the mic and they say, all right, let's do what we gotta do. Let's support the horn. I hate her. And he picks up his phone and he goes to messages by WhatsApp and all these other things and he said, you know what? The strangest thing happened to me this morning and his buddy, uh, the guy over there said, yeah, yeah, I'm I fixing to text you right now let you know I can no longer stand with that system. And then while they're on the phone, another guy beeps in and says, hey guys, let me tell you something. I don't know what in the world's happened to me, but I, 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 I made up my mind. I hope y'all still outmatched this, but I'm gonna destroy that old gal. And they said, that's what we're just talking about. Then dictator six and dictator seven and dictator eight. And all of a sudden they realize it. What in the world is going on? I'll tell you what's going on. The Lord God Almighty has put in their hearts. Lord, children, if he can do that to a bunch of dictators, what about a son or daughter of God? Let me close with this. For God has put in their hearts to fulfill his will and to agree. Amen. I I, 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 I tell you, I'm I'm looking myself for a great something to strike the bride. I don't think we'll all ever 100% agree on everything. No, No, we're, we're still too human. But I believe that there will be the needed required unity among the bride before we get ready to leave this world. We've tried it ourselves, we've tried meetings, we've tried revivals, we've tried sharing quotes. And I'm on one minister's WhatsApp and then another one and then another one. and then a friend of mine made another one this week and put me on it. I don't know how many different ones than things I'm on. And we share all kinds of quotes and we share all kinds of scripture and it's good. But at the end of the day, we're still different and we will still have a different of opinion. So what will it be that'll bring the bride together? God will put it in our hearts to so fulfill his will. Then the thing that we've dotted our eyes separate, you know, different, and we've crossed our T's a little different. We thought, well, Brother Larry's gonna see it just like me if he's gonna go on the rapture, hallelujah. And Brother Larry said, no, Brother Donnie's gonna see it just like me, but one of these days, God will drop it in Brother Larry's heart and he'll drop it in my heart and we'll realize some of them things that we have been trying to see eye to eye don't even matter in the first place. And the spirit of God will move over the earth and it will be a blanket of rapturing faith and a unity like we have never known before and things that we thought, oh my boy, this has got to be and that's got to be and all of a sudden the spirit of God will bring the bride into a rapturing faith to fulfill his will and all of a sudden all over the world in different time zones all the members of the bride will agree today is rapture day. And the prophet said the bride is waiting for the revelation of the rapture. Let's stand. For God has put in their hearts to fulfill his will and to agree and give their kingdom unto the beast until The words of God shall be fulfilled. Now, little did the beast know these ten horns gave their power unto her, but only for a time. They had no intention of doing this. They had no intention at all of ever switching sides. (laughs) You didn't either. Some of y'all was out there drinking and doping and my sucking on cigarettes, and when you wasn't sucking on that, you're sucking on something else. You're sucking on an old bottle of alcohol and you're trying to get some sort of satisfaction here and there. Come on, don't sit there and look at me like you was out there seeking God. Oh, glory to God. I grabbed a hold of the horns of the altar. No, he grabbed a hold of your horns and pulled you to the altar and cast the devil out of you and saved you. Well, praise the Lord, ain't that right? You'd still be out there if it wasn't for the grace of God. But what was it? God put it in your heart to fulfill His will. And all of a sudden, something just changed. Something just changed. And you picked up a cigarette, and something said to you, What are you doing that for? Or you picked up something to drink, and you got so sick. And something said to you, I thought you said, you give that away. You weren't going to do that no more. And right then it left you. I'm repeating to you a testimony that someone shared with me the other day. Hallelujah. Why? God put it in your heart to fulfill his will. Some of you that have struggled with the setting sins, You struggle with this and that and the other. You're looking for a magical quote. You're looking for a magical scripture. For a magical sermon. You go to this prayer line and that prayer line and this preacher prays for you and that preacher prays for you. And you get blessed and you get helped. I'm not saying it doesn't do you good. And and you're you're waiting for something to happen. I pray God will make this happen to you tonight. That he'll drop it in your soul so real to fulfill his will. And you'll realize you can walk out of this room free. The thing which bothers you, I'm not saying that it won't bother you again, but I'm saying you'll have the upper hand. Our old flesh will bother us every day we live on this earth, won't it? Yeah, we know that it will. And we know we have certain things naturally that the devil's gonna use against us. But I don't believe the Lord God wants any of these things to be our ruler. Well, he I can't overcome it. Don't tell me that, friends. Our God is an overcomer. Jesus is an overcomer where he lived in his body or in your body. You take that spirit of God out of the body of Jesus Christ and put that same spirit of God in me, he'll be a conqueror in me. He'll be a conqueror in Manuel Wade. He'll be a conquering in Larry Hitt. He'll be a conqueror in you sisters. Is that right? Yeah. Why, it's the same power. It ain't us learning how to manipulate. Oh, sure, there's things we've got to do. And we can just open our hearts. If these dictators, dictators, this is not pride material, dictators, no telling what they've done, how evil they've been, how wretched they've been. But all of a sudden, one day they get up and it just drops in their hearts. I can't support this no more. I'm against it. I'm against it. I don't know why I was ever for that in the first place. I can't believe I was ever for that. If God can do that to dictators, cannot he deliver you tonight, set you free from whatever it is you're dealing with in your life? Whatever you have need of right now in your heart, I want you to hold that right there. It's not necessary that you tell someone standing by you. Those of you that are streaming this service, maybe it's a habit, a besetting sin, a weakness, and you fell to it time and time again. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I tell you. The conquering power of the Holy Ghost is right here on this earth tonight. He's not only in on this earth, he's right in this building. And he's right there in your home. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If a dictator can receive something from God, what about you daughters? What about you, sons? Thank you, Lord God. Whatever your need is tonight. Maybe you're standing here tonight and you're pretty good right now, but your wife is sick, your husband, you've got a son, a daughter, whatever it is. I want you to hold that need right there. The same Lord Jesus that was touched by that little woman that day that has said, if I could but touch the hem of his garment, I know I'll be made well. She didn't have any scriptures. She had no quotes. She had nobody to encourage her. But something in her, let her know today was her day. Glory be to God. In the name of Jesus, may the Spirit of God make it that real to you tonight that God will put it in your heart. Glory, hallelujah. Lord Jesus. Heavenly Father, we open our hearts, our minds, our souls, to your will. I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health. Even as thy soul prospers, delight thyself also in the Lord, and he will give thee the desires of thine heart. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what you will, and it shall be done. If any two of earth on you of on earth will agree as touching any one thing, It shall be done. Promise after promise after promise is given to us, Lord God. For those that are sick, those that are weary, those that are sad, oppressed, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, those that have fallen again and again by besetting sin, in the name of Jesus, may they be set free from this night forward. May the Lord God drop it in their hearts to fulfill your will. And it is your will that we overcome. It is your will that we be a victorious people. You don't want us to be survivors of Laodicea, but you want us to be conquerors. Yea, more than conquerors. Hallelujah. Lord God, in the name of Jesus, Go into the living rooms, the kitchens. Lord, by now it's up in the morning in Africa, in Europe, different parts of the world. Maybe in their office, maybe in their automobile. Father, in the name of Jesus, go there in their vehicles. Go to those streaming in Australia. May the Spirit of God touch them, Lord God. Minister to them what they need, Father. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord God. Oh, great Adonai. We bless you tonight, Father. Put it in our hearts to fulfill your will. If we're fighting discouragement and despair, oh, glory, may the anointing of the Holy Ghost anoint us afresh to fulfill your will we will not be stopped. We are like Nehemiah. We are up on the wall and we're doing a good work and we are not gonna come down. And we ain't going to, oh no. We ain't stopping. We ain't slowing down. We ain't looking back, but we're pressing toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. We worship you tonight, Father. We worship you, Lord. You see, I was shackled by a heavy burden. Let's just worship him now. Beneath the Lord of guilt and shame. We'll sing it now. But then the hand of Jesus touched me. Oh, yes, He did. And now I am no longer the same. Let's sing it together now as we praise Him. For He touched Oh, he touched me. Receive your healing tonight. Receive your deliverance. Oh, the joy that floods my soul. Worship him now, saints. and something wonderful happens. And now I know he touched me and made made me whole. Oh, thank you, Lord God. Ever since I met this blessed Savior, And since he's cleansed and made me whole. Aren't you glad tonight? Oh, I will never cease to praise him. Whether I feel like it or not. Oh, I'm gonna shout while eternity roll oh, everybody let's worship him now with all your heart sing it oh oh jesus touched me thank you lord god he touched
1: we just worship Him just a little bit more tonight? Let's sing this song with her that she sang before the service.
2: Yeah. To immortality in twinkling of an eye. Well, i show you a mystery. Yeah, we shall not all sleep yet. Yeah. In the twinkling of an eye Show you a mystery, yeah Oh, we shall not all sleep, yeah But we'll be changed in a moment
1: You enjoyed being church tonight. Yeah. Man, we're all back together Sunday morning. Let's just be praying for that service. Pray for our folks traveling. Appreciate our visitors being with us tonight. A great contribution in our service. We appreciate it. Let's sing Getting Ready to Leave This World Listen as we go. Oh, getting ready to leave this world. Getting